four-year-old. Uh, Taco Bell and a Olive Garden. No. Man, it's really just great to be here. And oh, oh, uh, uh, what, what happened, Nick? Uh, do you have a sudden case of laryngitis there? Oh, you're miming. First syllable, uh, uh, phone, uh, uh, shaka, shaka. All right, I got it. Second, uh, second word, shaka, shaka, to the brain, shaka to the brain, shaka, shaka head, shaka Zulu. Uh, Zulu Nation. Shaka Smart. Shaka Smart. The Shaka coach. Smart. <laughs> the uh, college basketball wow, coach. Wow. The college basketball coach. Thought we were going to get to that one. Faded from obscurity. I'm back. March Madness is coming up, so that is relevant. Yeah. Uh, relevant 10 years ago, but still relevant. This is not a podcast about March Madness, though. No. No. This is a this is a podcast about a certain madness. Yeah. It's a, it's a podcast where we only have a certain amount of time and a certain amount of words, and we're gonna, hopefully going to use the right ones. In enough time. Yeah. You know and, what I mean? And say the right things before we kick the bucket. For me, when I try to think about the words that I'm going to say, I end up saying more words than what I would have needed to say the thing that I originally said. Yeah. Like that. Like what I just did. That's that's a lot. Yeah. I'd be dead. I'd be yeah. dead. I'd be dead, dead, dead. I would dead run you over with a car in the parking lot dead. But not in real life. You'd only be dead in uh, in this certain cinematic universe. And this certain cinematic universe that we're discussing is um, is a thousand words, which is a movie under 25% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is what we talk about because this is real rotten. And uh, I'm one of the co-hosts, Steve Ramirez. That's Nick Lyons. Hello. And the special reason why uh, this movie is 25% is not just... Uh, not just it faded from obscurity in 2012. Yes. Not just it faded from obscurity in everybody's hearts and minds. That's Beca- true. Uh, not because it's one of Eddie Murphy's low points, but that's we're going to get into that. We'll, we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. It's also uh, a Nick Cage joint. Yeah, we got a Venn diagram that doesn't exist in many places of the world. Yeah. This could be the only place that it does exist. Have they ever done a movie together? I don't know. It doesn't really matter. No. This is the world, the world that we're living in right now. There's th- three circles. In the middle of those three circles is real rotten. Yeah. Nicholas Cage and Eddie Murphy. Yeah. We're heliocentric to the to the Nick Cage and Eddie Murphy universe, in case you didn't know. Uh and if wow, you didn't we, know if we were a triangle, we'd be a strong isosceles triangle. Big isosceles. We're, who, we're like a nice base. We're who, a nice base, but are we're we? not too big. We're yeah. Not too big. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good Nice point. long sides. That's them. That's mm-hmm. us. There there are two towers. There uh Sauron and uh the other one, you know. Sauron and Saruman. Uh that's Eddie Murphy and Nicolas Cage. Take mm. take with that what you think. We're here to talk about a thousand words. The movie starring Eddie Murphy from 2012. We have a problems with it. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. It's a zero percenter. It's a zero percenter, which is surprising because um, I don't know if it fits the zero percenter category for uh, movies that we rate. Yeah, uh, we do not have the fact corner today. We do not have the fact check. We burned the fact check down. The We're, fact corner has been exiled. We are the alone in the cold darkness, uh, much like our Texas brothers and sisters. 
if you would. We're 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 here alone. We're shout here out alone to Texas. in the dark. Uh, shout out to our uh, a friend of the podcast, Eric, who is out there in Texas. Uh, Poor ho- Eric. Hopefully, you are staying warm, my friend. Uh, we wish nothing but warmth. Head to the great state of Texas. If only you were on the power grid with all the rest of us. Jim Beam is keeping him warm. That's for sure. Ayo, movie news. I got it. Is it a movie? This is a this is a streaming option that they teased that it was going to be the movies, but they were hopeful that a pandemic. That's right. Mortal Kombat the reboot is happening, and that is an HBO Max exclusive. As much as I loved Mortal Kombat as a child, at the same time I wasn't super excited for a Mortal Kombat movie. Or a Mortal Kombat sequel, Future Contender. So I don't know how I feel about a reboot, is all I'm saying. I mean, is it really a reboot if it was a bad movie to begin with? No. The but first I, movie wasn't terrible. I do want to take this time to shout out all the Street Fighter fans. If you are a Street Fighter head, come on the podcast. We're going to do I that. I think we all are. We should do that for uh, Mortal Kombat. Why wouldn't we do Mortal Kombat 2 Annihilation? I think we're going to have to have a fight to the death. Here... Somebody start the music right here. Maybe that's the grand debate. Uh, Mortal Kombat 2 or Street Fighter. Get over here. What is uh what's the what's the finish him in Street Fighter? There is no finish him in Street Fighter. There's gotta be a, a version. There's perfect. There's a version. Perfect. <laughs> that's okay. what it is. Oh yeah, I'll take that. Anyway, we're here to talk about a thousand words. We're tired to talk about it. this is our the second movie in our Nicolas Cage series. Don't worry, this is the only produced Nicolas Cage movie we're going to do. We just wanted to do we wanted to show that Nicolas Cage is not just a man of the screen. Look, look. We all know Nicolas Cage is a Oscar award winning actor. Yes. But he's not just an actor. He can be a director. We'll get into that probably later this year. We don't know. He's he can be a producer, he can be a dancer, he can be a singer. And we'll see uh, from this film what kind of films he produces. And just like his acting career, there's hits and misses. <laughs> yes. Let's just get that out of the way. He, there's hits and misses. This is a, this is a miss, but not on his own fault. We don't know why it's a miss, but it's a miss. Here, why don't you be the judge and uh, get a little taste of the one and only A Thousand Words. You only have a thousand words left, and then... I can die! On March 9th... Can we talk? He has a thousand words to discover what matters most. All of my talking is making you sick. Let's have signs, like pull on your ear. Now, what do you say we make a deal? Hello? What you want me to do. You know you make me wanna. A thousand words. Ready to be there to March 9th. Oh, a thousand words. Told in less than a hundred. Unbelievable. But but so believable at the same time. If this movie was more popular, we would have much more word trivia. We're gonna get into that later. But first, Ron Tomatoes said about this movie. Dated jokes, a thousand words was shot in 2008. It's one of the first parentheticals I've seen in a uh in a Rotten Tomatoes review. Yeah, very interesting because I don't know if they're d- 2008 dated. But then again, I wasn't I wasn't aware of 2008 jokes in 2012 and I'm not aware of 20 2008 jokes told in 2012 and 2021. That was the be- uh, end of high school, end of college for me, and I will say that those were two different times 
It was at least the transition. The transition was almost complete by the end of 2012. Hey, you know what? Thanks, Obama. Yeah, thanks, Obama. And removing Eddie Murphy's voice, his greatest comedic asset, dooms this painful mess from the start. I think that's a questionable statement. I don't know if Eddie Murphy's uh, voice is as great a comedic asset, especially after this film. Um, especially after the film Norbit. I don't think his voice is his best comedic asset. 54 movies out of 0%, which is crazy, what right? Do? But I did do the research... This is the third most reviewed movie with 0%. Really? Only two movies have more reviews than this movie and stated zero. Let's see it. Let's hear it. Number one, Future Contender. We haven't done it yet. Really? Ballistics X versus versus Server. Sever. Sever, yeah. Sever. Not Server, because he's not fighting a computer. Cut out out that part and add in the good part, Kyle. That is just an asshole suggestion. And the other one, can you guess? Is it Freddy Got Fingered? No. We we have not done it on the podcast. One Missed Call. You'll recognize the, the infamous cover. The infamous poster, which is weird. The poster it's a is weird. It's three-eyed monster. It's like... Compared to the one-eyed monster no, it, and, it, and a zero missed call. I'm looking at it right now. I'm going to describe it to you. There's, there's a face on a flip phone. The flip phone is up to the face. The face looks like a ghoul. A ghoul like a goblin, maybe? And instead of eyes, the eyes are mouths and screaming. Oh, I don't know that one. Fucked up. No, it's what you're thinking. It is what you're thinking. But I guess we have to do that movie, which I'm not looking forward to. Supernatural horror film. Uh, So if you're a fan of either of those movies, get out to us. We have to do them. They are the number one and number two zeros of all time. We're doing number three zero of all time. 59 reviews, all negative. All that out. Uh, What's the number one? X versus Sever? Yeah. Oh, wow. 118 reviews. Wow, that's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Why would 118 people watch that movie? Antonio Banderas was hot. Antonio uh, Banderas. We'll get back to that. So my blurb uh, is from Rene Rodriguez of the Miami Herald. He says, the point of the movie, the high point of the movie for me, was when I got up from my seat and walked over to a guy who was texting in the theater and asked him to shut his phone off. <laughs> Good for you, Rene, for standing up to uh, the high morals of 2012 movie watching. Yeah, we need to get back to that time. We need to be able to shame people in theaters. We gotta take a stand. I regularly shame my uh, my girlfriend for uh, for texting during the movie. Yeah, uh, shout out to uh, Dana Donnelly on Twitter who wrote, "I used to check my phone twice during a movie, and now I check the movie twice during my phone." Wow, that's really what it feels How's like you nowadays. Grimy? That's a grimy person right there. It Alex feels be best depressing. Friend. It feels depressing. Let us back into movie theaters. Let us back. Anyway, my blurb was, uh, it makes you want to see Murphy team up with Judd Apatow, or even take on a dead serious dramatic role. Do anything but start another movie like this one. Hey, it sounds like you're prognosticating Eddie Murphy being in Dolomite, because that's basically what happened. Yeah. He just started Dolomite after after this, and then did everything that he was supposed to do. Eddie Murphy would be great in a Judd Apatow movie. Yeah, he would. It's everything that he needs. Yeah, but I think uh, I think he's I think he's above that, and and I, I think this new movie will uh, will speak to that. Hopefully. Well, this was also 2012 when Judd Apatow at his so uh, hot right now. at his peak. That was probably peak Apatow. This is the end. Can you imagine Eddie Murphy? Peak, and this is the at end. peak Tow. Eddie Murphy as Eddie Murphy, and this is the end. Oh, it'd be so fucking that'd good. be amazing. An exaggerated version of himself. Incredible. It'd be mm. like it, it. It would be Chappelle's show all over again. Basically. He'd be like the cool dad who lets everybody do do drugs and then supplies said drugs. Uh, Aw, Gbert. Roger did uh, review this movie. He, he said did. the poster art for A Thousand Words shows Eddie Murphy with duct tape over his mouth, which as a promotional idea ranks up there with Fred Astaire in leg irons. 
Leave it to Roger to, <laughs> to bring up Fred Astaire. Did people Again. still have such high hopes for Eddie Murphy in 2012, thinking that like his voice, his voice and his comedic words uh, carries a movie? I think the reason they might think that is because the only thing he was doing at this time was Shrek stuff. Shrek he stuff. He was only Donkey. Shrek stuff, he was in this. Everything he did from like 2008 to 2012, he had like two on-screen roles, and all the rest was Shrek. Mm-hmm. Which can you blame him? He could live off Shrek money for the rest of his life. Absolutely. He'd be fine. Absolutely, he'd be fine because Shrek is great and deserves a place on Mount Rushmore. Animated movies, you think? Three D animated movies. Shrek is on there. Top four. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Yeah, Shrek, absolutely. Shrek four. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Shrek four. <laughs> no, not Shrek four. Oh, Shrek, no. Shrek is on the four. Yeah, all, all four are Shrek. Yeah, you got, yeah. You got Shrek. Uh, <laughs> you got Shrek. You got Puss in Boots. You got Donkey, and then obviously Lord Farquaad. No, Fiona. <laughs> Fiona. <laughs> <laughs> no. One point four. One point five stars out of four. Thanks, for, Raj. Uh, from Raj. Thanks, Raj. You, you could have done better, but whatever. Uh, no update on the enemy of the podcast, uh, unless is is Kjax enemy of the podcast. We. No, we're, we don't feel that strongly about it no, at the cut moment. Cut him out. Cut him out. He, in any mention of in this podcast gets cut out, Kyle. Yeah. So it's n- now it's time for everybody, a- a.k.a. everybody in this room's favorite segment. Play it. The one and only. Let's go. Nick to the facts. It's time to get Nick with all the facts. The yep. movie was released March 9th, 2012. It was going to be released in 2008. They filmed all of this in 2007. Mm-hmm. It was going to be released after it was not going to be released in 2008 because studio problems where uh, Paramount, oh, uh, Paramount no. got bought. Yeah, you were right. Uh, repeatedly delayed after being caught up in a separation from DreamWorks and Paramount. And DreamWorks Viacom. and Paramount. And Viacom. Paramount and Viacom splitting from DreamWorks. It was this movie and The Lovely Bones were the two that got bought out by... Paramount. It didn't release for years. And yeah. then and were not released. Lovely Bones ended up being okay because Stanley Tucci is a creep, you know. Then it's Peter Jackson. Yeah, ages well. But uh, apparently this movie didn't do as well. It was going to be released in January, but then Eddie Murphy signed on to host the Oscars and they were like, Let's ride this Eddie Murphy wave. We're gonna it, yeah. we're gonna post we're gonna do it right after the Oscars are over. And then he dropped out, so then they moved it up to the ninth. Wow. <laughs> like what what movie could be more destined for mediocrity? Yeah, absolutely. Like they this movie hadn't didn't have a hope in hell. Yeah, PG thirteen, eighty five minutes long. The tagline is I like the eighty five minutes. Ninety one minutes, not eighty five, sorry. Ninety one minute right Yeah, now. that's true. Yeah. I was like, it didn't feel eighty five. It felt more six minutes six minutes that's, longer I than think that. That's a typo. Uh taglines on March 9th, make them count. Love those very vague ones like that. They get me going. Do I they? Love, I love when you add it. It really add, aggravates me. I love when you have so little faith in the movie that you add the date that it comes out because you need people to show up opening weekend because if you don't get any momentum, you're fucked. And that's what they try to do with this movie. Some other ones they had were uh, make every word count and nothing but a good time. That sounds like a better time than watching this movie. That's for sure. 
Blizzard with my flip flops. If I read Blizzard with my flip flops on, on a poster, I would buy that movie. It didn't matter if I had work and if I missed work, I'd lose my job. I would see that movie. Would you rather see Little Nikki, but instead of Little Nikki, it's Patricia Arquette dressed up like a homeless person and the tagline is, hey boys, you want to Blizzard with my flip flop? I know. It sounds pretty or, insensitive, but I would still watch Or it. Eddie Murphy, where it's like, it's it's just this movie. I'd watch this movie. Mm, okay. I have faith in Eddie Murphy. I, I don't know if Patricia I think things have just changed. Things have changed. My 2012 feelings about Eddie Murphy were probably a lot worse. Yeah. Yeah. Because you because we only know knew him for mediocrity uh in high school. He was school. fresh off of uh we'll get to it Norbert and Meet Dave. Mini microphone editor note. I said the word Norbert there. I meant the movie Norbit. Uh embarrassing stuff for me. I promise to do better in the future. Yeah, but at the same time like I knew the, uh, back then in 2012 especially before that i knew eddie murphy as axel foley as as the guy from snl as the guy from beverly hills cop as the guy from coming to america um so and that's part of the reason we're doing this movie uh coming to america too yeah yeah definitely yeah definitely we got to talk about that the the sequel is coming out and and i'm excited to see it because it's i think it's a return to form a la dolomite and uh and this was like an obscure time for eddie murphy i think this was like just a money making uh, time for him, and like him just developing family family time, along with movie time. Cut all this out, Kyle. This is stupid. Um, tag your Nick. This picture is worth it. Is it worth it? I think you're worth it. That's the tagline. It's worth a thousand words. You know, I was just playing on playing on it, playing on it. Yeah, mine's dumber. Mine is. Wait, wait, don't tell me. <laughs> People, all the NPR heads would come into that one. Hell yeah. <laughs> this movie's diverse. Uh, this this movie is impossible to look up as like a news article in Google unless you put in movie and Eddie Murphy along with it. Because if you put in a thousand words, so many articles <laughs> say a picture is worth a thousand words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's usually like a picture of a dog like uh, licking a lizard or something like that. Yeah, speaking of keywords, plot keywords of this movie are in fucking credible. Love it. This is one of our this is t- this is maybe top 5 if not definitely top 10 plot keywords. We got liar. Normal. Normal. Then we got supernatural power. So we're getting weirder and then we got psychotronic film. Psychotronic film. Psychotronic film. No, I don't. Can you Google no. that while I say the other two? I I Googled the other one, and I don't understand what what the other one has to do that. Movie flop, which is what it was, and slime house. Slime house is the last one. So there's two plot keywords on here that I have no idea what they possibly mean. I think these two plot keywords have to do with the pot with like media. So I Googled psychotronic film, and psychotronic video came up, and that's a film magazine. Um and then oh is it like the production company and then Slime House is a podcast and like oh yeah so we're late we're late to the late to the game so so I'm gonna look at all these plot keywords because there's got to be better ones than Slime House and fucking Slime no Trump. Slime House Listen you to- have no you have Guru you have Literary Agent Curse Husband Wife Relationship there's some keywords. okay all makes sense yeah 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 yeah. yeah. So so let's just redo it and not mention Psychotronic and fucking stupid-ass Slimehouse. Psychotronic! We're not trying to support no stupid-ass other podcast. Jive Turkey is a little over the line, my man. Oh! Don't try and church it up, son. Plot keywords. Nick, what do you got? 
Psychotronic, uh, <laughs> denoting or relating to a genre of movies typically with science fiction, horror, or fantasy theme. Psycho. I literally typed psychotronic film, and look, psycho-fucking-tronic video comes up. Well, I'm just telling you what the word psychotronic means, okay? And this is a podcast about words, specifically a thousand, a thousand words. of them. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's the two things come the up. The budget was $40 million. I can tell you it did not make that much money. <laughs> oh, it did not. <laughs> oh, you didn't write down the, the take? I didn't write down what it made because it was so sad. The take was 22. Overall take was 22 million. Oof. You know why it only made 22 million? Because why? there is no tone of this movie that makes any sense. I thought, so you have a history with a thousand words. I have a history with a thousand words in that we have seen it. The poster for it, at least for the last nine years, it's yes. been on Netflix for years. It feels like yes, it has it's at been least a long at time. least one year. Yes, <laughs> but so I've seen this movie over and over and over, and I tell you, I think th- I thought that it was uh, bedtime stories. You know, like Adam Sandler bedtime stories. That's what I thought. Right, right. Or you're very hitting very close to home, and we're gonna get into that. What's the other um, Eddie, Eddie Murphy movie where it was a Meets kid movie? movie. Daddy Daycare. Meet Dave. Daddy Daycare. I think that I thought that it was in that that genre. The Daddy, Daddy Daycare. Da- the Daddy, Daddy Daycare, Daycare genre. One yeah. or the other. He's Daddy, Daddy Daycare was Cuba Gooding. Daddy Daycare was Eddie Murphy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The OG. Yes. yes. Uh, the sequel is eligible, not the original. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, he he also did Meet Dave, which I confuse the two movies all the time because it's right, basically right around the same time. I just thought this was a kid's movie, not for me. Right. Turns out this isn't an anybody movie. No. It, it's a little bit for everyone. Yes. Trivia moment. My trivia moment is I didn't know that Rotten Tomatoes had a Moldy Tomato Award. Apparently uh, they do have that, and the Moldy Tomato for 2012 went to a thousand words. Wow. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, we will rename our podcast, which we love dearly, Moldy Tomato. If, into real moldy tomatoes. Into real moldy tomatoes <laughs> if you sponsor us and put us on your website. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They just started a podcast on Rotten Tomatoes that yeah. we're not going to talk about. Until Talking, to you, Talking to you, Fandangus. Talking to you, Fandango, parent company. Sponsor us. My trivia is Alan Shabbat. Alan Shabbat, the French businessman. Uh, Shabbat dubbed Shrek's voice in French. And in this movie, he shares screen time with Donkey's original voice actor. There you go. He was the uh, the French guy that Eddie Murphy meets. Yeah, the li- literary agent. Uh, he from he's Paul's. the voice of Shrek uh-huh. in French movies. Do you think he has an English accent in French movies? Um, he probably is. Yeah, he probably is a Scottish person trying to speak French, or 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 just some boorish French person. Wow! If you if you listen to dub stuff, can you tell us? Uh, and and I uh, will and get and please I'll reach out to my French counterparts. Thank you. And the last trivia that I had: this movie in June and July was in the top ten of Netflix views. So that means people have seen this movie hundreds of millions of times at this point. This past twenty twenty in June, yeah, 20, in twenty twenty during wow. the pandemic, this Interesting. was this was in the top ten for two months in a row. I wonder why. Because it was on Netflix. That's my. <laughs> I think that's when parents were like, "What do we do?" All right, baby. Now it's time for some movie talk. Brian Robbins directed this movie. We uh, have Brian Robbins back again. Third time's the charm for Brian Robbins. <laughs> Brian Robbins. <laughs> the best part is he hasn't directed that many movies. No, he hasn't. He's mostly he just a TV only guy. does bad ones. <laughs> well, he's a TV guy, but his movie choices are not uh, are not ideal. Um, 
only if you're a fool, because I thoroughly enjoyed Ready to Rumble. However, I didn't enjoy Perfect Score. Well, I loved Perfect Score, and I hated Ready to Rumble. Wow. See, there you go. Well, I only said that because you you came at Perfect Score, which is still a good movie. I will watch that again any day of the week. It's really bad. Every time it comes up on uh, Why is it bad? It's not bad. Every time it comes up on social media, I still rail against it. Young Chris Evans? Young Scarjo? What what is there to dislike about that movie? It's a totally likable movie. No, it's not. Were you this hard on the podcast? I don't it's, think you were. Why, why, why don't everybody just review it and see how hardcore I was against Perfect Score? Play it back. I'm pretty sure I was. Play it back. Play it back, Kyle, right Play now. Play it back. Give me one positive thing I said about Perfect Score and put it into this podcast right I'll now. I'll do it. I'll edit this. Yeah, fucking do it. Flashback. But we're here to talk about the Perfect Score. If All you right. Have, if you have not watched this movie, do yourself a favor and watch it. A uh, writer. Um, Steve. Now, now we know why this movie was bad. The writer, Steve Corn. Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Steve Corn had a few hits. Actually, yeah, you're right. He had a few hits. Bruce Almighty. I uh, only say because Jack and Jill is the worst movie I've ever seen in my entire life. I'm very sorry that you saw that in person. I didn't finish it because it was so bad. I Look, thought Nor. I thought I did not like Norbit. No, it was terrible because Norbit was bad. Yeah, Brian was bad. Robbins also directed Norbit. Oh, oh way to bring that up. Uh. Jack and Jill was a thousand times worse than Norbit. A thousand words worse than Norbit. Ooh, there yeah. you go. A way to bring that full circle. Well, Steve Korn also wrote Click, and I feel like this is a companion movie to Click. Yeah, very much so. Like I think he probably wrote in the same. He probably wrote this in the same couple of months he was depressed. I think the tr- the the trifecta is liar liar thousand words click. Yeah, that's fair. Liar that's a, Liar that's a good is trifecta. Liar Liar is on a different plane than this movie, but it is the same vibe. Something like it would it would be it would be Liar Liar, or it'd be the one where um, Ryan Reynolds and Jason Bateman switch. The switch. The switch is that is that under twenty five percent? I think that's a future contender. I think it is too. Yeah, there you go. There's your movie with. Uh, there's movie. There's actually a lot of body switching movies that are uh, up for grabs. Really, uh, Jennifer Garner is going to be in a new body switching television show. Oh, I heard about on that. Netflix. Yeah, Netflix. Uh, also, Night of the Roxbury, written by Steve Corn. Produced, future, produced future contender. This really movie, good movie. This movie produced by the one and only Nicholas. Not Lions. I think this is Nick Nick Cage's last movie that he produced that he was not in. Yeah, because he does the digital releases now, and and that's mostly coming from his uh, his pockets. Yeah, this is one of two movies that has not been produced that he has produced that he's not been in. Yeah, it's incredible stuff by our guy Nicholas Cage, which shows that maybe he is not the all around Hollywood guy that we thought he was. He is. He is. Uh, he's he's B Hollywood though. He's the he's the the Hollywood that gets things done. Yeah, he's Holly work. He's yes. Holly. He's Holly. He's here to Holly work. He's going to be in as many movies as he can until the day that he dies. Yeah, he's here to work. He's like Orson Welles. He's modern-day Orson Welles. When's National Treasure 3 going to get made? Once that Kickstarter goes live. Damn it. Eddie Murphy is in this movie. Duh. But the other characters we have to talk about. We got Carrie Washington. This is four years before Scandal. Carrie Washington. Uh-huh. John Witherspoon. Uh, wait, how many years? Four. Four before Scandal. That it was shot. Wow. It was released the oh. year that Scandal started. So it was released basically so when 20, her so career started to take off. Yeah. yeah. So Carrie Washington doesn't do this movie. Uh, but she was in a lot of stuff in before. I know, but she was in a lot of stuff before. Like she was in um, 
uh, Lakeview Terrace, and that was that was an enjoyable movie. Same year, yeah, yeah. She played the blind girl in uh, Incredible, or uh, not Incredible Hulk, Fantastic Four. Yep, Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She ben was. Grimm's Ben yep. Grimm's love interest. Yep, yep, yep. Um, there's a couple other. That things. movie is. That movie had a way bigger effect on time than we give it credit for. That Fantastic Four. We still need. Oh, we can we do the second one? Can oh, we do well, Silver the, Surfer. No, Silver Surfer, not no, the reboot. Too, I think it's too high. That's stupid. We have to do the reboot. That's yeah. our chance to talk about the actual good one. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it, though. It's I don't want to talk about it. The reboot is actually confounding of how that movie was bad. <sighs> it was starring, like, literally the who's who. Yeah, but they just, it was a bad script. Uh, she also, This movie came out, and then what came out after was Django, and then she did Scandal. Right, right. So that was 2012. Like, 2012 was the year of Carrie. We were like, we'll never see you again. Mm, 2006, yeah. before this movie, though, JK. she was in Little Man. Yeah, she was <laughs> the love interest very, in Little Man. That's very right. much our vibe. Very much our vibe is uh, a Wayne's brother photo uh, CGI'd onto a child's CGI'd body. CGI'd onto a toddler's body. Uh, John Witherspoon's also in this for a brief moment as a blind person. Speaking of blind people, yep, singing a song um, about Jesse, which isn't a real song. I, oh, it I, wasn't. I googled it. He was singing a song when he's crossing the street. He said, "Hey, my name is Jesse. What's your name?" I might be a man who take a dump in a semi-public place every now and then. And I googled it. Doesn't exist. He just made it up on the spot. Just classic John Witherspoon. Classic John Witherspoon. uh, Rest in peace to a legend. Uh, Cliff Curtis is also. Cliff Curtis is top three. Top three, that guy. Top three, that guy. And top three, like, could be any race guy. That ethnic guy. Which yeah. is unfortunate because I feel like that it's 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 half of him like you know going for the roles, but the half of Hollywood just saying, "Oh well, uh, well he's a brown guy. Let's just put him in a, in a brown guy role instead of actually casting the the appropriate um, ethnic background." Like like to put it in perspective, Cliff Curtis is a uh, New Zealand Maori who has played in Iraqi in Three Kings, who's played a Mexican in Training Day, and who's played a um, an Indian guru in this film who's from Bolivia. Indian guru from Bolivia. So I don't know if he's actually Bolivian guru who's just embracing Indian culture or he's an Indian guru who went to Bolivia because of tax purposes and, and, and <laughs> Interpol purposes and developed an empire. I mean, the, you know when the first question that comes up on the Google when you search Cliff Curtis is what ethnicity is he? That's how you know. That's how you know. That's unfortunate because I, I knew for a long time that 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 he's a he's a he he's a he's a kiwi. I feel bad for Cliff Curtis in this movie because oof. Yeah. Allison Janney, uh, Allie Jan is in this movie. Your girl, my girl, Allison Janney. Love Allison Janney. She's always great in whatever she wants. She to doesn't. Do. Is that how Allison Janney sounded in the two thousands? Was she didn't sound like uh, as uh, she doesn't have like a distinguished voice like she does now. I feel like her voice really like. Def- defined well over time compared to what her voice was in the 2000s. With the 2000s, I felt like she was like, uh, well, I'm just a lady. I'm just talking over this. But now I th- I think she's the she's like the Kaiser lady. She's mom now. Yeah, she's softer now. Yeah. Before she was, Aaron Sorker made her explainy, mm. you know, because he always gave her explainy things. Was What was her role in uh, the West Wing for people who she are was, aren't uh, West Wingers? She was the public relations person. She was the press secretary. Uh, press secretary. Oh, okay. Fantastic show. Yeah, sure. Fantastic show. Yeah, sure. For Watch people it again. who like blowhards. 
Yep. Uh, Ruby D was also in this film. Ruby D crushed this God. movie. She was so good. So good in this film. <laughs> oh I mean, God. Ruby D was just as good in, in if not better, in uh, second, Baby Geniuses. Yeah, our second Ruby D movie yeah. recently, even. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we got, we got my guy Clark Duke in here. Who's Clark Duke? I know he's the guy from The Office and from uh, Kick Ass and uh, Hot Tub Time Machine. Oh, hot tub! That was probably his machine. big. That was probably his biggest break. He still does a lot of like side gigs. Two thousand eight, two thousand nine was a good year for Clark Duke. Oh, Clark Duke was rolling. Yeah, he was rolling. Uh, what happened to Clark Duke now? No idea. Who cares? He's rolling in that residual money. Yeah, that's I think for sure. he, he's probably just a little too old. A little too old. But he seems like the type of guy who doesn't get too old. He, he just could gets weirder, easily play. You know? uh, he could easily play the guy who's the. Um, Who's the energy vampire in What We Do in the Shadows? Yes, his son. Yes, yes, yes. Like playing his son or oh, something completely. like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got Edie Patterson. I don't know who Edie Patterson is. Uh, she's not very famous, but I recognized her and I couldn't remember where she's from. And is uh, Righteous Gemstones. Uh, she's the, the daughter. Wife? The oh, daughter. daughter. Yeah. Oh, the the fourth. Yeah. The fourth child. The one. The third child. The third one. Yeah. There's I only three John, of them, right? John Goodman's a man child in that film, in that show too. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Sorry. And uh, Jack McBrayer. I was wondering if this was pre Thirty Rock. This is post Thirty Rock. It's no, pre Thirty Rock. It's during 30 during Rock. Thirty Rock. Yeah. And I'm like, how did they get Jack McBrayer? <laughs> McBrayer. Well, McBriar, it's just McBriar, how he was McBriar. in. Uh, it's just how he was in uh, Sarah Marshall too. Like, I think he, he, he was, was just, doing those bit roles. Yeah, I think he was just around. Yeah. They were like, he's on the lot. Yeah, he's on the lot. So they're like, hey, you want to be this? Starbucks guy, and then he was just the Starbucks well, guy. Well, sure. He, I mean, he probably finished that role in like an hour and made a couple. It's literally grand. three scenes. Made a yeah. couple grand. Yeah, three yeah. scenes. <laughs> three <laughs> scenes probably made three grand. That's my dream job. My dream job is to be a bit actor. Yeah. Who could, is is just in max the maximum I would ever be in a movie is five minutes, but I make what five thousand dollars. What if you're in those five minutes and you get nominated for something? Judy Dench style, yeah. Ah, uh, but then I would be offered as Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> I'd be offered bigger. Yeah, I'd be offered bigger roles. Yeah, and that would be a problem because I can't perform. I got stuff to do. <laughs> it's like you show up. Uh, no, it's like there's a there's eventually some sort of offhanded Robin Hood remake, and you show up as Richard Longshanks. <laughs> you just give this monologue. <laughs> oh boy! Speaking of speaking of long winded uh, uh, storylines, movie plot according to Rotten Tomatoes, Nick, go right ahead. Jack McCall, Eddie Murphy, is a selfish literary agent whose fast-talking ways allow him to close any deal. His next target is New Age guru Dr. Singes, Cliff Curtis. But the savvy doctor sees right through Jack. A magical tree appears in Jack's yard, and according to Dr. Singes, the tree and Jack are connected. Every time Jack says a word, a leaf falls from the tree. When the last leaf falls, Jack will die. With a thousand leaves left, Jack must learn to curb his speech, or he's a goner. Yeah, uh, curb your speech, much like uh, how I curbed my enthusiasm uh, before watching this film, and was pleasantly surprised at the end. I had extremely low, low bar for this movie to clear, and it cleared it. Yeah, yeah, cleared it, cleared it concisely. That's what Ringing endorsement from here at Real Rotten. Uh, speaking of which, uh, we're gonna make a scene, and the, the one of the scenes that I wanted to dive into, um, specifically was the hotel scene. So it's in like the middle of the movie. Uh, Eddie Murphy has lost his ability. Well, he hasn't lost his ability to speak, but he chooses to lose his ability to speak. And apparently he was supposed to meet his wife, Carrie Washington, at a hotel for her rendezvous. Is that correct? This is like day two of him. This is day, day two. Day one of, and a half. Day one and a half of him not speaking. 
Yeah, so so allegedly he was go, is supposed to go to a hotel. The scene opens with him trying to motion to the desk clerk that he needs to meet someone for a room, and she assumes that um, he's keeping it discreet, whatever that means. Tells him the room number, shows up. It's a gentleman wearing a na- a British naval uh, hat. Yep, and uh, is it a Union Jack diaper? Yep, something like that, and then a, and then a red coat, and he's uh, half naked, and then he's uh, excited to see Eddie Murphy, and Eddie Murphy immediately leaves, and then the desk, and then it cuts back to the desk clerk saying, "Oh, I'm so sorry, I thought you were here <laughs> for that," and then he gets the right room to the wife, and then the, I'll, I'll go, I'll keep going, and then the wife is dressed up basically like a very very uh, sexy Catwoman. Dominatrix. Uh, and, uh, yeah, tries- it's, a, it's Halle Berry Catwoman, actually. Yes. Ex- Almost exactly. That's what I'm saying. Um, and so tries to well, seduce Eddie Murphy. To that po- listen to that podcast. We uh, get it. Yeah, exactly. And Eddie Murphy uh, is told to say anything that he wants to be done to him, and he can't because he obviously can't say any words. And Kerry Washington gets upset and leaves. So you like this? So much to unwrap. No, <laughs> the, I don't understand. It's 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 a weird scene. It's like it's a mix of Are You For Real and, and I Can't Look Away. A, I can't look away at Kerry Washington, <laughs> looking, Kerry Washington looking, looking very sexy. Looked good. And it was in the trailer. Like you see Kerry Washington in this outfit in the trailer. And it's like, I don't think she would approve of that. Uh, I don't think she approved of that trailer before they released it. <laughs> um, and two... The whole fact that there's this confusion at the desk where she thinks he's a uh, gigolo and then tries to show up to this guy's room and the guy's like, he's like a British naval dude, but he's like got a baby fetish. There's there's a lot to unwrap in that in that scene. And, and I, in, an I'm incredible like, scene in multiple who ways. Who are you? What movie is this catering to? It's not catering to a PG-13 crowd. It's definitely not catering to a kid's crowd. This isn't a Meet Dave movie. This is the, that's, it's the scene that changed the movie um, tone-wise. Again. Yeah, again. More beat changes than, uh, than Michael Jackson. It was completely contrived just for the plot, which, you know, is a movie. Like, don't fucking at me. I get it. It's a movie. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But still, it's just like, okay, he can't say words. What are we going to make him do? Say words sexually. Super sexy. Yeah, Super sexy, sexy words. Sexy words. And it's just like, she's she's playing a dominatrix. Maybe he's not supposed to say a word. And you know? see here. And, and the, the, the major part of this movie is he never takes the 30 words. He could have come up with the 30 exact words that would have explained everything happening to him and didn't. But he was wasting words on like, Jewish. Oh, yeah. Je- but Jesus. Chapatine. <laughs> Pancake. I, I fell asleep. Oh, I can't believe I fell asleep. Oh, I can't believe I said I fell asleep. Oh, I can't believe I said that. He was just doing that over it's, and over. Yeah, and over. just it was dumb jokes. It was it was not like the the good jokes. Like if if they did that hotel scene with the dominatrix uh, sort of situation, different movie, wrong it, movie. Well, yeah, but if they kept that in the in the thing, it it wouldn't have been like tell me what you want to do to me. It'd be like okay, your safety word is is this sentence, and he can't say the sentence, and he's yeah, just getting yeah. destroyed. Yeah, that's funny. That's a way better, way better joke. That's where me. I actually thought they were going. Same with here. Okay, there Yeah, so so we know what actually good storyline is. So stupid Steve Corrin. Uh, any other uh, scenes you'd like to, to make with? The first day of him deciding not to speak after finding out what was happening to him was pretty, it was, it was hit or miss the whole time, and right. it was a roller coaster of emotions. But I thought that, when he let Clark Duke shine, 
It was. I laughed a lot. I actually. That was a good scene. He was funny. Clark Duke is funny in this movie. Pitching, uh, pitching his idea pitching, to the pitching Simon to the, Schuster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This the it was him coming into the office and not speaking, and then confessing all of his sins that he's done around the office and yeah. like all the ways that he screwed up on his job. One thing after another, after another, after another. The, was, the sex tapes. Yeah, yeah he <laughs> the was furries. Just like, he's like, give it up, Mr. McCall. Are you not speaking to me because you're mad at me? You found out that I left work early yesterday. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, I have stomach problems, and I had to run home because I can't use public bathrooms. I'm seeing a therapist about it. Okay. Jack, Jack, is this about the Christmas party? I'm so sorry. That was the peach schnapps that tried to kiss your wife, not me. I, I mean, I, I don't want to kiss your wife, even though her lips felt like heaven. I, I'm going to go. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You found my video camera with the furry tapes. Pardon me, Mr. McCall. Samantha asked me to get you. She wants to introduce you to somebody. Yeah, Mary, the jig's up, okay? He knows what we do in here, in his office, after work, on his desk, in his chair. Mr. McCall, I just want to say, first of all, you know, she's the one that always wanted to be the filthier animals, like the, like the skunk and the, and, the, and the naughty beaver. I tried to be the more dignified animals, like the wolf and the California black bear. And don't hurt me, I'm sorry. It's just this sexual hunger I have. It's insatiable. I mean, you understand. You're, you want to go outside and settle this like men? All right, fine, let's do it. No, I didn't mean it, I'm sorry. Um, that alone and the meeting at the dinner where he is doing controversial nowadays uh, Eddie Murphy impersonation. Yes. Still funny. Yes. Still funny the whole time. Look at you sweating like a bitch. Just calm down. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like right when he switched into the mode, I. I he I, did code speak, code switching. Oh my that, God. I was, not, I was, not appropriate. I was dying though. I was dying. Even even now, I was still, I thought it was funny. When it he was, goes yeah. up to the guy and he's like, I can't hear your offer. I got, and I got great hearing. I'm a young boy. I got great hearing. And then he says something. He's like, that's all I hear. And I've got, <laughs> I've got these beautiful ears. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. They let him go and he nailed it. I yeah. thought he nailed it. Uh, the other scene is so just the general. How you talked so the thing this movie got right is he couldn't write down, mm -hmm. couldn't write things down, yeah, because that just solves all your problems. Absolutely, he couldn't sign language. Uh, a because he didn't know sign language, and two, it would translate. Yeah, yeah. So had to find other ways to speak. I thought that was a very clever device in this movie that yeah. they that they didn't use well except for a couple times. The, yeah. the one times the times it was nice is the uh, the stuff in the Starbucks. Why didn't why fine. why wouldn't you think Eddie Murphy having a toddler in this film use the toddler's toys to speak? Yeah, which he did at one point. He used other people, but he used they weren't they weren't to his they weren't the toddler's toys. They weren't the toddler's they were toys. His toys. They were toys everywhere in, <laughs> his in toys in, in the a, office in an adult company. Who has a, who has an Austin Powers speaking doll? <laughs> the choice of sound bites that they chose from these dolls was good. Yeah, very good. I thought this that whole the whole scene was funny. I thought it was funny. I was into it. I was okay with it. It was the rest of the movie that uh, really, really got down. That's fair. To That's fair. Uh, the one good scene I didn't want to, I want to shout out was the good deed montage where he's uh, donating to the church. He's helping the little, he's helping the cat get down off the tree, and then the cat attacks him, and he falls. Uh, he falls like, like uh, we're gonna get into it for for real good stuff. But but one thing I, I will call out, and I'll go back to, is the physical comedy. The physical comedy in this movie is is absolutely fantastic. It harkens back. To the silent Harkins. film era, silent film era. It it really does. It feels like this is this is a this is a Buster Keaton movie. It's what that, we were talking this about. Is a Charlie Chaplin movie. 
I've always thought of him as as a physical actor too. He's 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 great all around. Like I don't like, know what it. Why do we think that the Nutty Professor movies define his that's, physical comedy? That's where it changed. A lot. That's where it, that's what we grew up with though. Like we yeah. knew. Like I I knew about old Eddie Murphy, but I didn't. I didn't. He wasn't the first Eddie Murphy I met. The well, first Eddie Murphy I met was Nutty Professor. Uh, Eddie Murphy has always been the leading man too. He's always been the the guy in every movie. He was Prince Hakeem in in Coming to America. He was Rudy Rudy Ray Valentine in in Forty Eight Hours. Like he was the cool guy in Forty Eight Hours. He was the cool guy in Beverly Hills Cop. He was the cool cop who comes from Detroit and, and, Beverly and shows Hills these. Cop two is Future Contender, I think. No, uh, three. Another another forty eight hours as a future. Another forty eight hours, and I think Beverly Hills Cop three are, are future contenders. But yeah, but he he's never been like it's our first Eddie Murphy movie. The only second banana he was was Shrek, and even then, like he, he you could you could argue that he was uh, stole the stole the movie. He stole the say. movie in a lot of aspects. So so it's it's different to see like him as like this this pratfall Chris Farley guy that does all these physical takes and and does all the all, all these physical actions to get a rise out of people like doing jump doing jumping jacks and whatever falling through falling through tables and shit Eddie Murphy doesn't do that he uses his words a lot but you you could definitely tell with the physical presence of him and the lack of words in this film that he knows he knows how to be a physical comedian he knows how to be a comedian I like found there's my, more to it than just words. I found myself waiting for him to speak and hanging on every word he was saying later, right. later in the movie. Right, right. And, because you'd think he'd sacrifice it towards the end. And if they were, if he was saying things that were bad, I was just like, what are these writers doing? Right. Fucking wasting. Like, we've been waiting for him to talk for 22 minutes. It's a PG 13 movie. Where's his shit bombs? Where's his ass bombs? He like, said a lot, of, bombs. a lot of shit bombs in the beginning. And I think they did all those and they're like, oh, fuck. We right. don't want to be a PG 13 movie. We yeah. want to be a PG movie because right. we want to be for kids now. Like, this movie had no idea what it was going to be. Completely uneven. The one of the more uneven movies we've ever seen, but zero percent. Uh... Not zero. Not zero. A big are you for real moment for me. It's throughout the entire movie. Um, it's it's the character choice of Eddie Murphy. And yeah. God knows why it is. This is a real good moment for me. I think you're like, an idiot you're if you think say. if you think it is. It's, say, it's yeah. the utilization of lollipop, lollipop as a ringtone. Yeah, lo- lollipop. It was so dumb. It was so good. <laughs> it was so dumb. What are you What are you even smoking? Right what are you now? talking about, Lil Wayne? It wasn't even Lil Wayne. It was it was a parody of Lollipop. <laughs> they couldn't even get the rights to the original Lollipop. Well, I got some I got some nostalgia. I think that's what it was. Oh, it was bad. It was bad because like that that was an age joke. You know, I think that's what they're talking about when it comes to an age joke. That's a move. That's a joke that ages really well in 2021. When you forget that Lollipop was overplayed on every single radio station for about three years. True, but th- no one gets that in 2012 when they're like, "Thank God they're not playing this fucking song uh, nonstop for 24 hours a day." Is Lollipop our version of like mumble rap now? Yeah, Little Wayne definitely uh, urged uh, urged the future generation to em- embrace mumble rap. I think that might have been what happened. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Ah, uh, yeesh. Uh, my are you for real moment is the kid in this movie served a weird purpose. He was a MacGuffin. Almost. Almost a MacGuffin. Like, you never heard him talk. No. Well, he was a toddler. He was a little baby. He was a little baby, but I don't know. We don't know anything about babies. Let this, I mean, be, his let first this word, be known. His first word is boom. Yeah, his first word was boom. So he's definitely going to be an arsonist when he gets older. But he, he, he was like a pawn between the parents, like hardly served a role. His, well, his here, dad, here's, the, here's the deal, man. Uh, Carrie Washington being Eddie Murphy's uh, wife. Carrie Washington, obviously, like, 30 Eddie Murphy's like 60. 
So there's that. <laughs> yeah, what is their age difference? Fact check. Look it up and get back to us uh, in about a year. But my biggest are you for real moment, which was a main centerpiece of the movie, is the tree. The tree looked real fake a lot of the time. Like, I don't know what I was supposed to expect. It wasn't a real tree. Every leaf looked pl- plastic or CGI. I don't know. Like, the, the time that I thought it was a real tree was at the very beginning when the tree was full. And then apparently they were like, oh, wait, we can't rip. I'm glad they didn't rip real leaves off of a tree, but still. So, Carrie Washington was 35. Really? Uh, during, in this movie? During this film. Oh, cool. She was born in 77. Um, and then, uh, wait, no, that can't be right then. 30. Yeah, no, that's right. 35. And then Eddie Murphy was... Well, she was 31 when it was shot. 30 yes, when it was 31 shot. when it was shot. Eddie Murphy was 48. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is he... How? Is he 60-something? He's about to be 60. Oh, wow. And Carrie Washington is about to be 45. Well, happy birthday, Annie Murphy, I guess. Or she just turned 44, sorry. Yeah, Carrie Washington, my apologies. Yeah, she's uh, she's part of the hottest over 40s ladies in, in, the, in the world. I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I respect Carrie Washington. I respect Carrie Washington, too. I don't think she's the hottest. I have a problem with her teeth. I think you hate Carrie Washington. No, I don't hate Carrie Washington. Me. No, let no, it be known on no. the podcast. I don't right hate now. Carrie Washington. There is. I a... don't hate Carrie Washington. <laughs> at, I don't hate Carrie Washington as a person. Not a fan of her as an actress. Does that make sense? Okay. Well, <laughs> damn alligator bit my hand. Oh my god! By the way, what I need is somebody to get on board with this tree thing. This tree sucked. It it really did. It was it that the tree was the, sucked. That the, was the biggest non non real MacGuffin of the entire film. Everything Obviously about because it's a mythical tree, <laughs> yeah. but at the same time, it's like it's part of no it's part of no real mythology. Like it's not it's not Indian mythology. It's not part of Hindu mythology or Har- the whole uh, tree Hare MacGuffin Krishna was garbage. Like that. Yeah, it's not even in South American pagan uh, 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 theology. And this movie wasn't even a thousand words. This movie was, hey, how many leaves do you think are on that tree? And he was like. I don't know a thousand. So <laughs> this movie oh, should have been thousand? this should, movie should have been called a thousand ish words, maybe a thousand words. And he had a lot more than a thousand that he used right before that. So I don't know. What, I don't know what they're trying to say. And is a <laughs> and is a thousand words even a saying? Like it's not. <laughs> God it damn is. it! No, it's it half isn't. of a saying. It's half of a saying about pictures. Like this movie had nothing to do with pictures. This but movie it is, is a- just the saying a thousand words. But Nick. A film is a multitude of pictures moving in one motion. Movies. That's where it comes from. <laughs> but that's why they call no! them pictures. That's why they call them pictures. The moving pictures. Moving pictures. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you, my, what am I arguing for? A picture with a thousand words has nothing to do with it. Look, look, my are you for real moment that's relevant to this day <laughs> is the is the uh, Duke is the Duke joke. Is his name Duke? Clark Duke joke about uh, Britney. And when uh, Eddie yeah, Murphy yeah. was saying, uh, <laughs> when he was just improvising and saying that the tree was magic, uh, Clark Duke said, uh, you're going crazy here, man. This is like Britney levels. And I'm proud like, that, oh, yeah, I'm proud that we've come back around in yeah. nine years. Uh, now we're back on the right side. It's Britney, bitch. Yeah. Um, uh, what, you know, we, d- we, d- we dabbled in it a-, a little earlier, Nick, but let's, let's get it over with. Uh, my real good moment out of this entire movie. Um, Lollipop ringtone. No, <laughs> for you maybe, but between it's between two things, and it involves two different feelings. One, obviously, the Carrie Washington hotel scene, gulp. <laughs> Cut that part out, Kyle. And then number, um, 
And then number two would have to be Ruby D, just the Ruby D character and the uh, the 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 plot the plot line of uh, of Ru- Ruby D being Eddie Murphy's mother. We'll talk about it. She worked for both of us. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, no, it's the next segment. So go right ahead. Ruby D worked. She was funny the whole time. Uh, Absolutely. She, she got to say. She, she said ball jokes, and I did not know Ruby the ba- D could do ball, ball jokes. The ball joke was insane. Off yeah. the top, he said, she said, you're smuggling walnuts. They showed this man's testicles on the sides of his pants. Didn't see it coming. That's got to be included from uh, Eddie Murphy. It's like, can we just make this old guy's nuts hang a little bit? That's, <laughs> that's what I think. I think that the most frustrating thing about this movie is that Brian Robbins, the director. He probably micromanaged this film. And Eddie Murphy have teamed up multiple times, and every time they chose the wrong way to do a movie. Yeah. They did Meet Dave, Norbit, and this. Yeah. Shout out to uh, uh, people that actually like Norbit. Kevin Hart. Which are, there's some of them Kevin out Hart there. likes it. Kevin Hart likes Norbit? I think he was in Norbit. Uh, a former girlfriend of mine loves Norbit. That's weird. Yeah. Very weird. Huge Norbit fan. No. <laughs> it's very problematic. Even uh, when I saw that movie when it came out, I was like, hey, right? playing an Asian person is very problematic. <laughs> However, when Eddie Murphy played an J- old Jewish man, not problematic. Go figure. Yeah. Ruby D though, crushed it. Carrie Washington, good. Eh, it's just fine. John Witherspoon, not in it long enough. Not in it long enough. Clark Duke. Was great in this movie. Look, he had, uh, he was the funniest person in this movie. He could be. He was. Um, physically wise, Eddie Murphy beat the brakes off him. But here's what I got to say about Eddie Murphy. Well, they he, didn't let Eddie Murphy be the funniest. Exactly. The, it, this is why he didn't work for me because although he did work in so many parts for his physical comedy, he knows how to play comic the the comic role for better or worse. So he's gonna go for the for the obvious joke in some takes, and they're gonna roll with that take the entire time. That like, was part you, of like the you problem. said, the, the Brian Robbins thing. It's like be as loose and as funny as you can be, and Eddie Murphy does it, and Brian Robbins says it's perfect. We'll take it. Audience doesn't agree. Turns out that you're, yeah, he's, Eddie Murphy is funniest at rated R. Yeah. And they're making a PG movie. Yeah. So then it meets in the middle at PG-13 and creates something that nobody can watch. Right. And Eddie Murphy, they didn't let him be the fun. He was fast talking, but forced fast talking in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. When he was talking. Yeah. He wasn't, they weren't doing, letting him like do his riffing, which he did only in the like namaste part. Yeah. Of the uh, Dr. Sinja. And he was doing typical Michael Jackson riffing. Like, yeah, speaking uh, of Dr. Great. Sinja, Cliff Curtis was bad <laughs> in this movie. It wasn't as great. It wasn't great. I feel bad that he couldn't find the accent that he wanted and settle on it, and it came across as extremely uh, problematic. I mean, it was just like, it felt like a fake accent. Dated in the worst way possible. felt like a fake accent the yeah. whole time. It felt like Mike Myers' love guru accent. I think you got it. Yeah. Uh, quotes. Uh, I only had one quote. It's from Clark Duke, and it was, "I went to community college, and that was only because my grandma was sleeping with the dean. I didn't know that there were deans in community college." <laughs> yeah, there is. Have you ever seen uh, Community? No. The dean's one of the best characters. Deansler, uh, the lady at the front of the Starbucks line when he first shows up, and he asks if she can cut, and she said, "I will run you dead over in the parking lot. <laughs> I will run you over <laughs> dead in the parking lot." So ridiculous. So good. And uh, at the end of the movie, another scene that I totally forgot about. Oh yeah, we uh, you bring I read this now and I bring it. Bring this it scene was in did not belong in this movie. Yeah. I don't know where it came from, but he, when he's walking on the boardwalk, yeah. So it starts the boardwalk off, montage. 
Starts off with him getting a sub a Sunday. The Sunday guy. I didn't know. The Sunday, the Sunday guy was insane. He was the creepiest guy in the whole movie. If you get a Sunday from that guy, you throw it on the ground and you run. <laughs> this movie is on Netflix, so you have time right now to pause this podcast. And I will give you the exact time. The timestamp is like an hour. It's it's like it's an like hour ten. Maybe 45 minutes. 30, no, 20 minutes left in the movie. Yeah, hour 15, maybe. I tops. think I left off right at Anyways, the Anyways. I'm going to, no, I'm going to so get you, you to the point. You I'm going to get you to the point. I'm going to describe it to him. It's Eddie Murphy on the on the Santa Monica Pier, and he, uh, but he uh, gets a banana split on the Santa Monica Pier, and the the ice cream maker gives him this, uh, <laughs> gives him the banana split, and he says, uh, enjoy that Sunday. And he's giving him a really weird smile, staring him right in the eyes, and then he says afterwards, You are going to love that. Like what? I've never heard anybody who's given me food say you're going to love it. Not even my own parents. No. It's with 17 minutes and 10 seconds left in this movie. You have no choice but to go back and watch it. Please, please watch it because it's really disturbing. This uh, whole this entire Sunday scene is incredible. You're going he says about 10 you seconds. are going to love that. I guarantee it. Yeah. Take a taste. Yeah, He's take like, a taste. And, oh, my goodness. And he looks like Billy Joel like 30 years after. Not Billy Joel, no. Billy Idol. He Billy like, Idol. He looks like a Billy Idol, but didn't make it in in, in rock and roll. So now he, he looks sells, like Christopher Titus. Now he That's sells who he Sundays. Looks like. You know who Christopher Titus is? Google Christopher Titus. That's who he looks like. That He's a very blonde, very skeletal-looking uh, stand-up comedian. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then... Uh, he walks along the pier eating this Sunday, and he sees some of the worst possible things. He sees two kids arguing. He sees like this awkward couple making out, and then he comes up next to this old couple, old couple. who's on, who's just like looking out over the pier, being like talking about stalking each We've other. We've been back together forty two years, but she she still wants me to get her alone on the beach. And then yeah. it's just like, is there no other way to show this scene? <laughs> Please God! In like the only what time, the fuck, it's like they had one time left. For him to be able to shoot this, and they're like, he let's, needs to have a reflection about his family. Let's make him at a pier alone. Look, the worst. The, here's the worst thing to accompany that that reminiscing about a family thing is the whole idea of him wanting to meditate in order to go back in time, and him meditating going back in time to uh, him as a child, and him as a child pretending that him in present life is his dad is very weird to me. And that escalated to the end of the movie where, uh, spoiler alert, he dies. But what dies is his old version where he had grief and guilt against his father for leaving and becomes a new person. And that was the that was the person he was talking to in the past. Like, I, I, yeah, yeah. Could you make it PG? This this movie would it be better, better as a PG movie. So we talked about it before this. The writer wrote click. This is a bad, a very bad version of Click, an extremely bad version of Liar Liar. Better ending of Click, though. I didn't like well, the ending of Click because of the because whole it made dream you cry. Because it made you cry. Dream sequence. Because it made you cry. No, I, I cried at the end of Click. No, I it, was, it was all a dream. It wasn't real. There was no Christopher Walken. There was no Bed Bath and Beyond. 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 It was a real next situation. Oh, we're gonna get in that. Yeah. Great. Damn you, Nick Cage, <laughs> making me watch next, but. This movie had all these big, all these ideas that were actually good, 
that were actually good. This movie had a gimmick that was good. Good plot. They had they had some limitations to it that were good. They had the idea of his his dad walking out of him, him trying to be a good dad. That's good. They had him him not forming deep relationships with people. That's good. The thing that they didn't have that wasn't good was everything else and yeah. <laughs> and all and all of the jokes and all of the plot and it's yeah. just like fucking choose a direction and you could have made this into a good movie. This really feels like not a zero percent movie because it isn't. It was first of all not offensive. No, totally watchable. Or yeah, if I had like borderline a, watchable. If I had like an eleven year old, I would show them this movie. Sure, I would watch this over the Tooth Fairy or the Game Plan. Okay, well, calling you, you out, Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> yeah, what are you? What are you on? <laughs> Shut up. Um, and and honestly, this movie—if it was released today, it would be a hit. It'd be a fucking hit. Yeah, it would be a hit. It was a hit over this summer on streaming on Netflix. Exactly. Like, people watched. People the forgot shit, about people it. People watched the shit out of this movie. Yeah. People didn't know about this movie. The only reason we know about this movie is because we know posters of movies, and this yeah. was a poster that I remember seeing all the time. And you saw this poster, you're like I am definitely not watching this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's do it. Now it's time for the top five. Top five. Which are, are we doing? Top five gurus but, or guru movies, or are we doing Eddie Murphy? Because let's just start off with Eddie Murphy. But movies. we have so many Eddie Murphy's movies. I to know. Do. So, so we should just do it right off the top. All right. A Work. draft. A draft. Should we do a draft? Since since it's just us. So you're number one, since you're the least Eddie Murphy uh, guy. Okay, it's tough. So first pick. It's overall, big, pick. big picnic. It really is. It's a tough one. So, since there's, like, an upper echelon of five to six Eddie Murphy movies that are just yeah untouchable. At least. I'll go with Coming to America. I mean, wow. because it is. It, the Coming yeah. to America 2 is coming out. And I remember the first time I was a late a latecomer to Coming to America. Okay. I didn't see it until maybe, like, three or four years ago. Okay. And the first time I saw it, I had no idea that he was multiple characters in the movie. <laughs> And that was his first foray. It was his first time doing it, and yeah. it really changed the trajectory of his career. And he and he didn't have to be. He was funny in a way that Eddie Murphy wasn't funny when I first saw it. Mm-hmm. Like he was kind of an innocent character, like yeah. uh, like oblivious to the world. Yeah. Because before I'd only known him as like a fast talking know it all type of guy, or be. You know, like playing all these characters, like you you don't really know sketch which comic. one is Eddie Murphy. S- sketch yeah. comic guy. And yeah. then I saw him in this and I'm like, wow, this is like a fucking sweet Literally spot. do it all. Yeah. yeah. Literally do it all. So that's um, uh that's first pick of No, that's good. Um I'll uh I'll hit you hit you back in the eighties and just do Axel Foley, uh Beverly Hills Cop. Uh that's that's my choice. Um yeah, that that was the career defining role for Eddie. That was the one to further establish him as the man. Like he was, he was releasing com- comedy specials back and forth, hosting SNL after being a regular a regular player and cast member on the show. Yeah, it was um, the one that made me came, that came out now or that was already out, and I was like, oh man, they made uh, Chris Farley like a different version of the Chris Farley movie <laughs> <laughs> instead of Beverly Hills Ninja, future contender. Um, but yeah, but yeah, Axel Foley, Beverly Hills Cop. Okay, what's your uh, what's your back to back? Oh yeah, this is the snake. Uh, you gotta you it's gotta pick. <laughs> you gotta pick the one that uh, that made him all the money. It's it's obviously Shrek. Ah, Shrek number two. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, you're yeah. picking the second Shrek. No, I'm just picking Shrek. You said Shrek number two. I I said Shrek in my number two pick. Do you get all the Shreks? So I can pick a Shrek though. Still, you right? can pick a Shrek. I'm picking number one if that's if I'm if I'm relegated to it. So uh, yeah. 
Well, I'm, then, then, I'll, then I'm going to go back to the I'm going to go back to the early the 1998s. Nutty Professor. Nutty Professor really changed everything. I okay. remember it being like groundbreaking. Right. Right? Right. Like when Nutty Professor came out, still to this day, the number one line of Eddie Murphy's career might be Hercules, Hercules. It is. It's, it's, oh man, it's really good. Yeah. I just think of that all the time. I think of it all the time. And people can hardly say Hercules without thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going with that with my number two. My number three is my second favorite. I grew up with this movie, Dr. Doolittle. Wow. Dr. Doolittle, I loved, I, I, I'm, I'm making a mistake picking it so early, but I love Dr. Doolittle. I love him talking to the, to the animals. Uh, oh, uh, your boy. My boy. Norm, McDon- Norm McDonald is the dog in that movie. His yeah, best, he is. His best friend. Yeah, he uh, is. Yeah, but yeah, yeah right. love Dr. Doolittle. It spawned two more sequels. Yeah, yeah. Number one, no, both Doctor Doolittle's are good. Yeah, and then and then the third one I never. Third saw. one was not great. I mean, it was a direct fo- video. It focused on the the daughter, of course. Yeah, but Doctor Doolittle, it was good. It was really good. Speaking of, we're gonna do Doolittle this year because it's it's got to be the Razzie. We got to. I'm just looking at uh, be the some random facts that that are talking about Doolittle too. It's uh, but here's a random trivia fact for Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy, who is a star of the movie Tower Heist, remember the movie Tower Heist? Yeah, uh, bad movie. I've seen that movie. <laughs> he so he wrote the original story, uh, or or proposed the original story, which was uh, here's a fun fact because this is relevant to uh, our t- our time and day. Uh, Tower Heist began development as early as 2005 when Murphy pitched a concept to Brian Grazer and Brett Ratner concerning an all-star cast of black comedians. Black comedians would have made that movie good. As a group of disgruntled employees who planned to rob Donald Trump and Trump International. What the fuck? Wow. God damn it. The film was originally titled Trump Heist. Holy shit. Yeah. Unbelievable, right? Wow. Could you imagine what an alternate history that would have been? It would have been so good except that it would have had Cedric the Entertainer in it, which would have been rough. Uh, it didn't feature Cedric Daniels. No, it would have had it him said in it. Chris there's Tucker, no- <laughs> Kevin Hart, Dave Chappelle, Tracy Morgan, Martin Lawrence. Yeah, but there's no way okay. Cedric the Entertainer um, lets that movie happen okay. without him in it. That's fine. My number three will have to be I'm going back to the 80s and uh, I'm going to stick with. Uh, oh, you know what? No. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to stick with Rudy Ray, uh, Billy Ray Valentine in Trading Places. Uh, 1983, John Landis film, uh, his first collaboration with John Landis, which apparently didn't work out well after coming to America. He was John <laughs> Landis talking a bunch of shit to Eddie Murphy and Eddie Murphy not taking it. <laughs> I know. Uh, but yeah, Trading Places, him and Dan Aykroyd as... Uh, John Landis has major uh, white man vibes. Yes, he do. Yes, yeah, he in do. that uh, old Hollywood. Yes, very old Hollywood. Uh, so yeah, definitely 1983, Billy Ray Valentine, Eddie Murphy, like really just, just knocking it out of the park. Uh, yeah, I saw really this. I saw this around the same time as coming to America, and yeah. it's just it's just good. Number four, uh, it, just to just to be relevant, although it's not my favorite movie, it's some people's favorite movie. It's one of his most famous roles. It's definitely another talking talking role. It's Mushu from Mulan. Fuck! <laughs> God damn it! I knew I should have picked Doctor Doolittle. I knew I should have just gone straight to Mulan. Yeah, it was one or the other there, brother. God damn it! Ah, oh, that ruined everything. I, I would have the perfect draft if I could have gotten Mulan there, yeah, sure. which you you would never have chosen. Oh yeah, sure, <sighs> sure, bud. Well, I only have two movies left, so I'm gonna choose uh, 48 Hours. Okay, and then I'm gonna choose Bowfinger. Okay. Well, why Bowfinger? Because I, I just watched it. Okay. Did you like it? Yeah, I did. That's surprising. Why is it bad? 
I didn't like it. But I watched it when I was like 10. Yeah. So maybe no, that's why I didn't like it. No, I think it's... I thought it was... I thought it was good. I don't know. I, I, I have a love-hate relationship with Steve Martin in, in the 2000s. And okay. Although it is a Frank Oz film. I will give you that. Yeah. I, I watched it. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, I didn't want to pick any other Shreks. I didn't want to pick Honda Mansion. Yeah, because it's a bad movie. Yeah. Uh, Dolomite is what I should have picked. But it you is. know what? I'm going to go with the one that I just saw. And I just saw... Uh, okay. That's fine. Just saw it. And, and I, guess like what? It. And I my, liked it. And I thought it was good. Guess what? That's my number five is Dolomite is my name. Okay. Uh, it's the, it's the what resurrection. What about Dreamgirls? No Dreamgirls? I'm not a Dreamgirls guy. I never saw it. Uh, yeah, I didn't really see it. Either. Yeah, I didn't watch that. Didn't watch Daddy Daycare. Didn't watch Showtime. Didn't well, watch I have uh, seen I Spy. Daddy Daycare is underrated. I would say underrated. No, I didn't see it, so there's that. Uh, Nutty Professor 2 I would have picked. That would have been my uh, second choice because I watched that in the theaters. Both good. The day it came out. He's he's a professional sequeler. Yeah. He, he, he has, he might be bad. He might have one of the best sequel batting averages of all time. He could, yeah. He very well could. Nutty Professor 2. Shrek 2. All the Shreks. All the Shreks. If Coming to America 2 is good, then he's got that one, too. He probably has it. Uh, Dr. Doolittle 2. Mr. Randy Watson. Now it's time for the next game. We're going to play... Uh, same title, different same movie. Same title, different movie. Uh, I think this is going to be fairly easy. I pretty much have a pitch ready, um, uh, unless you want to go. Go No, I've been going first. Uh, my pitch uh, for same title, different movie, It uh, it's uh, it's a la Girl, Girl on the Train, but it involves an anime... Uh, but it involves an amateur photographer, and uh, this individual, uh, genderless, we'll say, we'll, we'll say it's an androg- androgynous individual, Tilda Swinton, if you okay. will, yeah. um, who routinely takes photos of the the environment around them, the environment encompassing them, whether it be houses, buildings, homeless people on the street, uh, drug addicts, uh, 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 nature, what have you. Uh, this person witnesses um, a struggle uh, one night, a la rear window. Uh, but decides to investigate it outright and immediately becomes uh, emblazoned in their life uh, because of this one image that they took. And it's a picture, and it's also worth a thousand words. Yep. It's the obvious way to go, which is why I respect this movie in that they 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 thought of a picture's worth Completely a went the opposite and way. They, and they were just like, you know what? Forget that whole first part Fuck of it. that. We're only going a thousand words. We're only going a thousand words. I came for the beer and the bitches. I know, I know. Thousand words. I'm gonna start off with the cast. Something we hardly ever do. That's dumb. Russell Crowe, alone, on an island. That's it. Speaks for itself. So don't buy no fucking pizza at a gas station. Thousand words. That's what it is. Really? All he says is a thousand words on the island. Oh, it's so like the film. It's it's like an allegory for, or, or it's just a statement saying like Russell Crowe's going to be trapped on this island, but he's only speaking a thousand words. Yeah, in the he's only saying a thousand avant-garde-ish. words. Avant-garde. Yeah. Who's directing this movie? Uh, 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 Who's uh, a quiet director? I need I need a I need an alpha because you got to have an alpha. Clint Eastwood. You got to have. No, Yes, he he's short enough. Letters from Iwo Jima. He, he's short enough to want to do it. Where he was like first take, yeah. Listen, no, but but I need somebody. Gonna, I need somebody that will keep. <laughs> he won't keep word count. He won't keep word count. Somebody's gonna count these words. What I need it, to, I need somebody that will take the care. Cohen Brothers. This is a Cohen Brothers. No, because that's too serious. It's too serious to be a Cohen Brothers film. No, it is a serious movie. No, it's too serious to be a Cohen Brothers film. No, I think it. I think it could. I think it, it could, could be. It could be lighthearted. I could see it being a Spike Lee joint. 
or some sort of too, foreign, too foreign few, director. Too it, few words okay, for then Spike Lee. Okay, then we're going I with a the, foreign director. No, I think Coen Brothers is right. I think that there's there needs to be a little bit more. By okay, God. A thousand words. There needs to be a journey where he, he goes around the island. He gets stranded on the island, and to get off of it, he has to go through all these, like, Challenges or something. You, you know? need a Chinese director. You need uh, Bai Gan. You need Wong Kar Wai. You need uh, you need those guys that that use the environment as the actor. You're right. Yeah, I think you could be right there. You could be right there. It's very avant garde. It's gonna win a, a a bunch of independent. It might Spirit win Awards. something. Yeah, it might win something. It it'll ain't winning no Oscars. It'll get Russell back in the conversation. He might. He'll probably get nominated. He he won't win it, but he'll get nominated. Here's the twist: majority of the conversation is between him and the director, mostly anti Asian uh, slurs. <laughs> I'm not I'm gonna mention him, but he says a lot yeah, of them. Uh, yeah, he does. <laughs> uh, Kyle, which movie are you gonna choose? Uh, hold on. It, it, no, it, he sent he, he sent me a video. He sent me a video. Okay, um, I doubt that. Hi, Kevin. <laughs> so he chose mine. Cool. Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, final thoughts. Uh, is this movie better than The Big Green? Uh, it's not. Almost. But they are both zero percenters, and they both deserve to not be zero percenters. They really don't. So, so speaking of speaking of zero percent, re-rate it. Re-rate it. Re-rate I give it a solid twenty-five. It's right I there. Think it, I think it is border. Yeah, it's borderline. It's right there. Acceptable. It, it really is right there. We've seen so if many two, movies that don't fit the criteria. If two decisions were made differently in this movie, it's it's completely different. At least movie. two. Yeah. Just two. At minimum two. Yes. Yes. I mean, there has to be two things changed to make it a good movie, but there could there was a good movie here. Unlike a lot of bad so, movies. So let's just do our consensual blurb on, on three. Ready? One, two, three. If you, you could change, change at, at least two things, things this, this would, would be, be a great a movie. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, real recommendations, Nick. Uh, do you have one? I've been watching a lot of movies lately. I'm trying to get in the, same. into the movie feel. Yeah, same. i uh, watching a lot of documentaries lately. I haven't really gone that direction. Yeah. A lot of good ones on Hulu. I'll just do the last one I saw. I saw The History of the Kelly Gang. Uh, oh, how was that? Yeah, I wanted wait, to watch that. That was I, on. I uh, said Russell Crowe because he's fresh in my mind and he was in that movie for yeah. a brief. So it's on. It was like a history movie, right? It was like a miniseries. The, no, no, no. This is a it's a it's a movie movie. It's a movie movie. It's got uh George McKay from uh 1917. Oh yeah. Uh, Nicholas Holt is in it. There's a lot yeah. of like Australian actors. Yeah, uh Charlie Hunnam is in it. Oh, that's weird. Um Mackenzie What's it streaming on? Uh Hulu? It's on one of the premiums. Amazon? It's not one of the premium networks. Oh, probably it's movie the, channel or some shit. The history, the history, Stars. history of the Kelly Gang, I think, is what it's called. And okay. uh, I, I, I liked it actually. I was waiting for the right time to watch it. I never really got around to it. And other than that, I'm going to recommend uh, the Australian Open. Did it have this guy in it? Watch. I'm a leprechaun, me too. <laughs> yeah, he's Australian, right? Sure. Uh, I watched the Australian Open recently, and in. It's crazy to watch tennis on TV because I've been playing tennis lately, mm-hmm. and when people hit a ball fast to me, it is incredibly fast. But on television, they don't look that fast. And I know that if I saw that in person coming at 150 miles an hour, I wouldn't know what the fuck to do. I mean, that's what happens when you have a uh, TV um, made in 1996. Well, there you go. Speaking of TV made in 1996, <laughs> uh, shout out to Jesse who was watching Newlyweds. And uh, what's Newlyweds? The Jessica Simpson, Nick Lachey show. Oh wow! From our childhood. Oh, that's like on one streaming of, now. Wow. Uh, no, on YouTube. One of the first uh, reality shows. But th- she showed me a video of 
the new TV that he bought. Remember how big those giant. fucking TVs were? Giant vacuum oh tubes. Oh my god! They tried to lift it up the stairs, and they both him and another guy, both very strong men, had like a breakdown halfway up the stairs because the shit was so heavy. That Can shit you, is insane, dude. Unbelievable how fast we got around to like not making heavy TVs. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a recommendation? My real recommendation, really quick, is uh, Dolomite is my name. It's the it's the movie that was nominated for multiple Academy Awards and, yep. and Golden Globes last year. Yeah. Starring Eddie Murphy, and it was uh, Eddie Murphy's baby. He he was heavily influenced by the by the works of Rudy Moore. And after finally watching this movie after a year on my queue, uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Couldn't recommend it anymore because it's it shows the depth of Eddie Murphy. He plays a great comedian. He plays he plays a great character in that he's he he's down on his luck and thinks that he's washed up, but he knows he's destined for greatness, which is a lot to say about Eddie's career at in 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 the twenty tens. Um, and then he comes back and and with the help of his community and his crew, like he makes shit happen. And it's it's really inspiring to watch. Um, it's not an overall funny movie, but it's it's an overall good movie. Like it's just yeah, the best it, way to put it, it. It's a good movie. It was funny in the way that Eddie Murphy is funny, and that's like his jabbering. Yes, like where he he can just say like off the cuff funny stuff that is funnier than any written joke in any movie. You know, absolutely, Nick. Uh, and I want to say uh, this has been an excellent podcast. And uh, as we always say, can't wait. Can't wait. Keep it real. Uh, keep it rotten. And, we got a big uh, March plan for you guys. Uh, lousy lot, March weather. A lot of big March stuff coming up. Another Nicolas Cage movie. We're going back into his his actual acting. In the uh, belt. Right into it. And uh, we got we got we're, we're going to jump around a lot. I got a good feeling about it. And, and the fresh episode coming up in April. Uh, fresh episode in April with uh with our esteemed guest. And uh, if you want to do a movie, as always. At us. See us on the Gmail. See us on social media at Real Rotten. Uh, that's Nick. This is me. And uh, this is Eddie. Uh, keep it real. Stay rotten. Is this the song that he was dancing to when he was going to die? Oh, this is a single. <laughs>